Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman producing the Outdoor Show this morning. This Jace, our sponsors today, the CCA Star Tournament, Boyd's One Stop, the Belleville Meat Market, and Mainstream Marketing. All right, looking at weather, Galveston right now down on the island. It's 85 degrees this morning and uh, more warm temperatures again today. Imagine that. Uh, some clouds this morning, they'll give way to generally sunny skies for the afternoon. Near record high temperatures again with a high of 91 south-southwest winds, 10 to 20. We could do without that. But uh, tonight, mostly clear, low of 84, south-southwest, 10 to 20. Broken record forecast, sunny skies tomorrow, near record highs, south-south winds, south-southwest winds, excuse me, 10 to 20 again. So if you like this kind of weather, it's uh, this is right up your alley. Same thing every day, so enjoy if that's possible. Looking at tides for today, these are Galveston Channel Tide predictions. There's four of them. We, we're sitting on a low right now, and our next tide will be a high at 8.43 a.m. It's a 1.2, then a low at 3.26 p.m. at 0.3, and then a high later tonight at 10.22 p.m. It's a 1.1. 6.42 a.m. is sunrise, 8.08 p.m. sunset, our moon phase is 78 percent all right looking at current conditions offshore the buoy out there showing 86.4 degrees water temps 88 south southwest 16 to 20 barometric pressure is sitting right where it was yesterday morning this time at 29.94 inches galveston channel it's 86 degrees with 90 degree water southwest 8 to 14 eagle point it's 85 degrees with 90-degree water, 89.8. We can call that 90. Southwest winds, 8 to 12. And at Morgan's Point, nothing's available again this morning. Imagine that as of 418. That was the last uh, hit on that that monitor. So, anyway, that's where we're at. And uh, welcome to the show today, folks. And uh, fun Sunday. Let's roll with it. Sicko City. All right, let's head over to the Tri-Bay area and check in with Captain Glenn Hammer, see what he's up to this morning. 
Glenn, good morning. That's Glenn Hammond. Hey. We just call him the Hammer. Good morning, Captain. Say, Mickey. man, How what's you your last buddy? name? <laughs> Hammer uh, or Hammond? <laughs> Hammond the Hammer. There you go. <laughs> Hammond the Hammer. How'd you I get don't that know. nickname, I, the Hammer? Or should I ask? Well, I've always had a heck of a left arm. I'm a southpaw. Uh-oh. I've had a heck of a. I swung a mean hammer when I was a carpenter. And uh, when I played softball, I hammered the ball. It was just there wasn't no swinging; it was hammering it. So, so you throw no, right just, and hit left. Just look at me. I built. I'm built like a bowling ball, and uh, they just look at me and say, "Hey, man, you're you're the hammer." So anyway, it's it's it stuck with me for years and years and years. I was a hammer before that insurance guy was. <laughs> oh, you mean the the lawyer, the Texas yeah. hammer. Yeah, the Texas hammer. I was him way before that guy. But anyway, uh, no, I after I talked to you on Friday morning, Captain Mickey, I had a fam- uh, not a family. I had two couples, Michael and his wife and Kendall and his wife. And, uh, oh, they were all into it, buddy. I had four of them fishing at one time on the boat. And, uh, no matter what we did, it was horrible. It was like pulling <laughs> teeth. It was just terrible. I mean, uh. I went through the motions um, around a little reef hopping, like a, you know, I think I gave you a little plan that morning that I was going to start off with a popping quartz, which we did, mm-hmm. uh, using some uh, hopomatics underneath them and and just going from reef to reef to reef, and we couldn't get nothing going, man. I mean, the the tide, it was still coming in, but uh, kind of, it just wasn't coming in from where we were back in the bay. You couldn't feel it hardly. So uh, the tides were still super low. Our uh, oyster reefs are still sticking out of the water. Um, this we we haven't got our level back yet. I mean, it's going to be a while, I guess. You know, until we get some east, and when it starts blowing east, it'll be piling it on us, and we'll have high tides up underneath the house. But that hasn't been the case. So right. we get out there and we we go through the motions and. Uh, you know, like I said, using live shrimp underneath the popping cork, and that didn't do us much good. So I took off all the corks and went to the bottom, buddy. I uh, did some egg sinkers with some Carolina rig, uh, and then we did a little uh, BB shot, split shot, uh, uh, free shrimping. But anyway, that, that paid off because uh, – and what it was is in that shallow hot water, I think those fish had pretty much abandoned that part of the bays, and they were kind of headed towards your pass, if you will you know, to that deep, those cooler currents, if you can find some cooler currents. But we caught, uh, man, I mean, we had a mixture, buddy. We had some whiting. Uh, they had seven pretty nice mangrove snapper. Of course, you can keep as many as you want. Uh, we don't keep the tiny, tiny ones. We had seven of those. They had three specks. They had 15 sand trout to mix in. So, you know, all they were trying to get together was a fish fry for the families and I think that we we accomplished that, but uh, it was tough. I mean, I didn't give up. I just kept going from spot to spot and and uh, just hoping for the best, buddy. I mean, it was it was boats everywhere. You know, I'm not much on fishing on weekends, and Friday's not the weekend, but it's close enough down here. There's a yeah. You know, our boat ramps are quite busy. Uh, Captain Brandon went yesterday, my next door neighbor, and he fished down he, down in West Bay and. Uh, a lot of boat traffic, he said, and a lot of crazy boat traffic. He said he was he was anchored right off of the bank, and a boat came between him, his boat, and the bank. Sure. And uh, just about just about cut his anchor rope in half. And, Normal protocol. And, uh, 
you know, there's uh, just <laughs> keep your head on a swivel out there. There's some people that never knew what a boating course or a boat, you know, before they ever give you your little sticker that goes on your boat, they ought to make sure you know something about driving a boat. I wish there was some way that Parks and Wildlife could step in and, and do something. I know, you know, maybe if you're underage or whatever, you got to go take a boating course, but they need to make it mandatory. I mean, I think everybody in the world ought to know the very basics of, of right-of-ways and this and that and courtesy and this and that. You know, there's no stop signs and speed limits. You just got to you got to maintain a controllable speed and all that stuff. Stuff that they teach us in the Coast Guard, you know, just come out with it. They got a class, and uh, I think it'd be very informative and very helpful if, if those, you know, people would go take them a little. You know, I know a guy that just bought a boat down the street. He's never owned a boat in his life. I know he's he just happy as heck to get out there on that water with everybody else. But uh, I don't think I want to be out there when he's going to be there. So... But and you know what I mean. If we all just uh, uh, mind our own businesses and, and just uh, look out for everybody and look out for yourself and stay out of the way because uh, there's some weekend warriors out there, buddy, and they, they're uh, they drinking and, and partying and they're just out to soak up some sunshine. They don't care about your fishing plan or anything like that. So just try not to get all involved with it. And, and, uh, and uh, Captain Brandon, uh, he... He kept his cool probably a lot better than I would have, uh, you know. Yeah, I he, quit uh, fishing weekends well over 20 years ago. Just wouldn't do it. Smart, just, smart I mean, man. If I can't get mine in five days and make enough money to make a living off of, it's time to move on to something else. And Yes, sir. Uh, and it's well, recreation. It's be... for everybody. But, you know, everybody needs to, you know, use some common cool sense, which I don't think there's a lot of common sense going around these days. Everybody. That's what scares me about it, uh, uh, boating and I no mean, common sense. It just, you know, think about something. I mean, like if you're running, you know, a lot of people get it. They just get locked in. They look at their GPS and they're going to go from point A to point B. And if there's anything in the way, they don't care. They're they're running that line. And uh, instead That's of it. you see a That's boat it. out there fishing, naturally, if he's drift fishing, the wind's at his back. He's throwing downwind, him and his people. Well, don't run in front of him. Swing out and go around behind him. Don't know, go and, in and front of you every time. That way you don't throw a wake out on him or anything. You're responsible for your wake. And, uh, that's uh, exactly right. There's so many things like that, little things that we know that a lot of people just don't know. I'm sure what it's going to take number? you another minute to get to your spot now because you had to kind yeah. of swing out and avoid running over mm-hmm. somebody while they're fishing. Well, I mean... That's oh, just, they ain't got. They don't have no extra sense. minutes. <laughs> they don't have no extra minutes. They're, they got to get to them right now, buddy. Get out of the way. Let's go. Let's it's like everybody it. wants to buzz the tower now. You know? Yeah, that's exactly it, buddy. But anyway, like Especially I said, I got shoreline couple. fishing. If you're a wade fisherman, I mean, anybody that wades a lot, they got stories to tell about that. I mean. Oh yeah, you can be in knee deep water, and somebody's got them got them what they just call scooter boats back then. You know, a shallow running boat. Now, they're gonna run against that bank because they can do it. You know, their boats run shallow, and that's where I'm running. You know, those boats will actually float and run in deep water too. Swing out wide, oh, go I, out deep, and go around somebody, but they don't I do it. I know, buddy. They start getting up a spray, and uh, they're gone, baby. Up and gone. Gonna get their them some. 
But anyway, that's why I try to stay away. And like, if I do go out on the weekends, I sure don't go down to the, uh, you know, West Galveston Bay over there behind, behind Jamaica Beach and all that stuff. Man, you can't get another boat over there. There's a boat after boat after boat after boat. So nope, I just go back in the bay. I'd rather catch a few, few more fish. And yet those folks yesterday, they enjoy. I mean, day before yesterday, they enjoyed. Uh, uh, they enjoyed the boat ride. You know, yeah. I mean, I, we wasn't we wasn't really doing that well. And I said, man, it's hot. Let's get some air on it. Y'all mind the boat ride? Let's go over to San Luis Pass and, you know, and uh, and uh, see if we can find some fish over there. And luckily, we made that decision because that saved our day. But uh, anyway, I was checking around the uh, the complex for debate camps, and uh, and all flags are flying. Uh, some bait camps have uh, shrimp and croakers. Some of them have. Uh, all four of them, shrimp, croakers, mud minnows, and finger mullets. So, but you're going to pay $24 a quart for the shrimp and $12 a dozen for the croakers, $5 a dozen for the mullet and the mud minnows, and uh, somebody do us a rain dance. I actually, I think in the forecast, next Thursday or Friday, we got like 30% rain. Maybe, maybe something's going to come on. Somebody do us a rain dance out there, Captain Mickey. Well, get I us, wouldn't hang your hat on it. Just, uh, it's August, and it's kind of a putrid month anyway, unless we pull tropical weather. And uh, Right. But I can assure you, come dove season, we'll uh, we'll definitely get some rain. Mm-hmm. Never fail. Yeah, I'm running. I'm running double time on my on my bird baths over here. Uh, can't keep enough water in the bird baths and the dog bowls and and man, oh man, stay hydrated yourself. I know uh, those folks on the boat the other day, no way they were going to bring no beer out there. And I mean, we're going to be in at 10, 10, 1030 anyway. So we can always do that when we get back and get in the shade. But boy, yeah. the pop a top the first thing in the morning. It was like, I know, I know you want to celebrate your fishing trip there, buddy, but uh, it's going to be about 95 degrees. Well, they'll feel here. it the next day. Well, Holy <laughs> Yeah, you just gotta watch folks. So you know what I mean. And have them. Uh, you try to try to get them to drink some water and hydrate because the last thing you need is some somebody to go out on you out there. But, uh, that's about all I got on this end, Captain Mickey. This morning, I wish I had more. I just got my tennis shoes on. I'm hitting the door running, uh, meeting these folks at uh, uh, I'm a dad and the two boys at uh 5:30 this morning down at the barbecue stand. So I'll let you know how that goes next week. All right, buddy. All right, Hammer. We'll go go do your thing, brother. Throw them out a number yes, so somebody wants to call you. Yes, sir. Thank you. 713-208-0683. Happy fun Sunday. Y'all have a great one, buddy. All right, Glenn. Take care. Thank you, man. See yes, you. sir. All right, that's the Hammer down in the Tri-Bay area. It's time for a break. You're listening to The Outdoor Show. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, 417 in the Bayou City. All right, now we're going to. Go out deep and do a little blue water fishing now with with a crew down there in Freeport, Captain Jeff Naylor, and uh, I don't know whether Monty or who's with you this morning, but we're going to tune in. What do y'all got going down there, gentlemen? What's up, Captain Mickey? How you doing this morning? What's up? Man, me and, me and Casey here. Uh, Casey. Yeah, I'm back. What's up, bud? Not much. How you doing, man? I'm here. It's Sunday. It's my Friday. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Everything's good. Yeah, man. We've uh, we've been, both been fishing a little bit this weekend. Well, I've I've always fished each weekend, but uh, Casey got in a little bit of fishing. We were talking about some uh, amberjacks and and what we've been doing recently. Of course, amberjack opened up uh, Tuesday last Tuesday, and uh, for charter guys, the the uh, snapper and, and AJ overlap has started and going strong. And, uh, well, of course, AJ, but the, you, you ended up, you, you took off, you went a long, long ways, right? On Tuesday, on Tuesday. I, went, I went opening day. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very beautiful day. You, you were out there, you had a really good day that day. Yeah, I went, you know, I went almost 90, probably 90 miles, 90 nautical miles offshore, chasing amberjacks and groupers and big snappers and all that stuff. So, yeah, turned out to be a pretty good day. <clears throat> it was, it sure was. Mm-hmm. And Tuesday, Tuesday was beautiful. Yeah. When, when did it go to when did it go to hell? It went to hell about Thursday, maybe. Yeah. No, no, because I think Friday, Friday the day before yesterday, yeah, started going. That's right. Because yeah. other did. And I tell you exactly because I was thinking Friday was my, Friday was my next day to go. Uh-huh. I started. I took off Wednesday and Thursday. Came back Friday, thinking that the weather was going to be real nice. As it turned out. It was not real nice at all. We're back into the wind again. Yeah. We had a good stretch. We had what week, week, week and a half of straight of two. Yeah, y'all had about eight or ten days. It was yeah. fairly nice, you know. And then here we go yes. back to the old southwest again. Oh yeah, yeah. You know it was. You know it's supposed to be a, a, the forecast was a little bit worse on Friday than it was yesterday. But I feel like yesterday, and I don't, it could have been just the direction I was going. But it felt a lot better yesterday. They were a little bit more – it was bigger, but it was more spaced out, you know. And, uh, well, I tell you what, though, man, this whole, like, uh, uh, where, where it beats you up the whole way out and then the wind lays down and cooks you, you yeah. know what I mean, right? When you get there. Oh, dude. Well, Brutal. you're – you know, on the way out, that's the seasoning part. You can put a little salt and pepper on everybody and then they'll get out there when the wind lays down <laughs> and then you can bake them real slow, you know. I, yeah, you guarantee that's right, man. 
I tell you, by the time you get out there right now, you're good and crunchy. How, you many, know. how many times have you felt because <laughs> it would be a way better ride going back in than it was. It was a good ride going back, a crappy ride going out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was telling, I was telling uh, Casey my story from yesterday, you know, amberjack fishing, and it's been tough. You know, and this, this time of season, I find that it is. Early in the season, it's kind of tough. I, I feel like, just my impression, but – uh, you know, they sit on these like shallower rocks. They get beat up a lot. It doesn't take very long for, you know, a bunch of amjacks on a very small rock to get beat up. They take off, you know. And yeah. so I feel like I beat them up day one, day two. They start making it out offshore. Eventually, you'll find them further offshore and they'll be all ganged up together. Sometimes you can camp out for a little while, you know, on, on a mm. single spot. Right now, this time of the year, they're kind of in their transition. You know, they're trying to get to where they're going or whatever they're doing. And so, anyways, you know, I've tried to make it a point to go to some specific good areas that I know of, you know. And yesterday was no different. I went, you know, spent two hours catching bait. We can ran out there four hours out to the spot. And there's a, a series of like six rocks, you know. And man, I did my due diligence. I went and looked at each one of those rocks. I found the school, got everybody set up, put my drip lines out there, caught one. And lo and behold, I look up and here comes a boat. I mean, I wasn't even picking up any other boats on the radar. And here he comes, parked right on top of the rock. Was it a big? Was it a big boat, like a party boat or, or a big charter boat? Or was it a small no, boat? no, no, no. This is small. Yeah, this is a small boat. And you know, no fault to that guy's. He did the same thing. You know, what, I gotta ask, what what rig? Whenever you're using, when you're a hammerjack fishing, what kind of rig setup do you use? Like exactly what kind of leader weight? How do you set it up? Like how do you? So right, your rig look like my preferred way to catch. Uh, Amberjacks with with customers and everything, bent butts, and a lot of people like to do stand up. I don't like to do stand up. I think it's too risky. So I put two bent butts, one front, one at the very back. I take two hundred and twenty pound or two fifty pound uh, mono leader, and I'll and I'll do your do your loop with a uh, you know a hook on the end. Come back about three four foot, put a weight, and then I like to tie mine straight to the main line. So I put another. My whole rig will be about 10, 12 foot long. Do you use, do you essentially use the exact same leader you would use to bottom fish with? No. Okay. That's good. Not even close. When, when the amberjack are finicky, picky, yeah. it's better to have a more something that makes that bait be able to swim around more. Right. Right. You get way more bites when it's like that. But yeah. Well, with a bottom drop, sometimes you can just put a booger on a bottom drop and drop it down. Just stop it and we'll get it. If they're, if they're thick, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Easy to catch, it doesn't matter. When they're difficult, Want that bait to be able to swim around, and even go with a little less weight, not less weight. Let it be where that weight make it swim around even more. Yeah, it's gonna. If you have a really good lively bait, all that activity is gonna attract. You know, amberjack is gonna come up. Yeah. But one thing I've what's noticed, your, about what's your go-to bait on the on amberjack? What do you prefer well, for live bait? Probably as good as anything. Uh, yeah. I mean, for sure. a good lively hardtail is about as good a bait. I mean, there's other baits they'll hit. They'll hit, they love bonita, but you can't, I mean, catching a bonita and putting it down live is very difficult because yeah. you got to catch him and put him straight down. But yeah, they work right. great, but hard to do. Yeah. Even even big piggy perch are good. You know, pinfish are good when you when you can't catch hardtails. you got good pinfish. But when you use a smaller bait like that, you kind of have to change your whole leader material, your, your leader setup different 
to make it where that piggy can swim around. You, know, you still can't like, have a giant hook. You can't have snap. a giant hook and a giant weight. You got to have more of a finesse type of rig to catch them. Yeah, you know, right. so you have to change for it for more a small natural hook. presentation. Exactly. Yeah, it makes a difference too. Definitely makes a difference. But I've noticed that if you can get into some amberjack and you lose a couple of them, especially if you lose them right off the bat, it makes the whole freaking school of them stop biting. You don't want to. Really? If you lose, break them off. It's bad news, man. Yeah. They that, stop. And and that's and I, I tell my customers that's why I always do two. Mm -hmm. And I started to do three, but I always do two, and I always drop one, and I won't drop the other one until I have the the first one at least hooked and started about halfway up. I know he's stuck. There's a high probability I'm gonna get him. Yeah. I'm dropping the next one right next to it because they'll they'll sit there and hang around their buddies. I mean they're just like mahi essentially. You keep one hooked on, no, and right the rest now. of them are gonna stay with you. Right. But the time you're, you're drifting. So you're pulling that school off that rock, you yeah, know, and, true. And, and like the case of Lucy, once you lose them, you, you know, yeah, yeah. the odds you're going to catch them and get them going again is pretty, pretty slim. And yeah, once you like on. get a bait right down next to that one, we're probably, you're going to catch another one. Oh, probably. Yeah. I mean, be following it around. 90% of know. the AJs, if I don't catch them in the first 30 minutes, 45 minutes, I'm moving on, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it just, I, I've already lost them. And you can spin your wheels. You can sit there for hours trying to get them to go again. Sometimes you can get one or two to go again, but you'll never have them like it they were originally. You know, right? All up and everything. Now, with all that being said, you know, being using two uh, rigs like that, I'm, my boat's thirty six foot long. It's a pretty good little gap between front and back rod. But uh, you know, I always trim the tails. I trim the tails of the of the blue rotor, and um, I think for one, it makes that bait look a lot more injured, and I think it's a little more tempting for that AJ to eat. I found. Can uh, he still swim around? Okay. He can. Yeah. See, I don't. Yeah. I don't ever touch the tail. I put it down. I don't touch the bait. I don't. Well, touch the tail. I put see, it down. Here's the problem. You get down there, and that current's going one way or the other, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you send that blue runner down there, and that sucker shoots underneath your boat. And where's that AJ hit? About fifty foot underneath your boat. Wham! Well, next thing you know, your rod's bending down. I've snapped so many rods. I mean, crush them. I mean, and, and you're but trying you to have them in the rod holder, and these people aren't touching them. That's it. They're not, they don't have the rod in their hand. They do not have the rod in their hand. Okay. And, and I do that, you know, because for one, you know, not your average Joe, you can tell your, your customers 9,000 times, look, it's an amberjack. I need you to pay attention. I need you to focus because when he hits, it's going to be like a freight train. All right. You know, <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. It don't matter how much you coach people, sometimes they just, they don't really. You know, they're not focused, and that's when I start losing rods. And there is nothing worse than having you know, it's one thing to lose a snap rod four or five hundred bucks. You know, nowadays, you lose that eight, nine hundred dollar freaking amberjack here. Boom, look down, see that little bubble stream going down. Oh boy, yeah, yeah. See, most of the time now when I'm fishing, like when we went fishing Tuesday, I had people, I, the people that are on the boat with me were pretty good fishermen, so yeah. I, just, I just hand they give them the rod and go to town. Yeah, See, we were fishing four four of us at a time trying to catch them. Trying to catch them. Yeah, the first stop is everybody is trying to catch one. Yeah, it's difficult when you got people that are a little iffy yeah. on, on the rod. It makes things totally different. When you have yeah. good fishermen, it makes a lot of difference. A lot. <laughs> a yeah, lot that's that's whether you're inshore or offshore. A good crew makes a yep. captain go a long way. Oh yeah, yeah, make kidding. you look good, and you yes. know, and, and no. Don't fault to any of my customers. That you know, it's just they—they're not accustomed to it. They don't really get, you know, quite. Well, that's how they learn, man. You got to start somewhere. 
Yeah, that's yeah. it. I guarantee you that my customers that have been with me several times, they know they're teaching everybody else. Okay, everybody, <laughs> everybody, yeah. team up on this rod, you know. And uh, before I even stop, you know, for for the MJ, even with the bit button, I use eighties. I use uh, I use pin eighties. I, I want to winch these suckers in. I don't want to give them a chance, you know. Yeah. And uh, but I always preach to them when I, before I stop and say, "All right, everybody, this is a team sport, okay." I need two people per rod. It's going to take that to get one of these big ones in. Oh, man, you sure kept them? I'll guarantee it. You know, don't you worry. I said, man, you you know, you you, you just reel till your arm's about to fall off and you pass it off to your buddy because, uh, you know. And it normally takes about two people to get a, a you know, 50-pound AJ in, 50, 60-pound AJ. It's a big, big, yeah. big fish. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, amberjack fishing is just tough. You know, sometimes and uh, it takes a little while to, to dial them in. Unfortunately, you know, with this kind of short season, I'm not gonna have a whole lot of time. Hopefully, I can dial them in the next week or two. The really, the really good amberjack fishing too, especially just to me, the amberjack fishing is better in May and June than now. If you can't catch better them, what catch. night? Yeah, May and June. Earlier in the summer when they're closed. Yeah. They seem to be, first of all, they seem to be a lot more in close than they are now. They're off, they're way further offshore now. We were catching them at 50 miles out. You know, when we were, one day we were releasing them like crazy. We had to release probably 10 amberjack. Every spot we stopped at had amberjack on it. Well, now it's not so easy. Uh, even though you couldn't keep them back then, they moved or they're gone or they got sore mouths or whatever happened to them. But you're not catching them at those spots anymore. So you got to go further and further and further to find them. And most of the, the really good amberjack fishing is past where you can even go on a 12 hour day. It's too far. Mm. I mean, you can't way over east and platforms and deep water near the flower gardens and all that. There's tons of amberjack out there, but it's too far to go on a day trip. And it right. really is for a lot of time. You know, not to switch it up a little bit, but here's, here's a real good question. Okay. Mm. So um, late in the season, in August, like I said, late August, early September, I find they're all ganged up on those deeper, deeper rocks and stuff okay. like that. Okay. And they're obviously spawning. They're obviously spawning. I'm bringing up males. They're 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 discreeting their their white goo everywhere. You know, it's same thing with with snapper. About mm -hmm. this time of the year, about that late July, I start finding them bunched up, and you know, ten pounders, mm -hmm. and the same thing. They're all. So why is the season based around? I feel like. Isn't their spawning time a, not a great time to fish for them? Or what are we doing that's, here? That's what I would think. I just know that, you know, historically, amberjack fishing, of course, used to be we could keep them all the time. But early in the, you know, late spring, early summer is always when it was the best. They were everywhere. You know, and whatever happens to them, they, 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 they're on every rock instead of that. And then they get more concentrated later in the summer. They're only in certain places. I don't know. But I didn't know it was always easier to catch them in the early in the year than it was later in the year. Uh, yeah. And it seems even with the seasons now, it's still the same thing. I mean, it's not that they're not out there. They're out there, but it just seems like they're further. You know, they're much, much further out. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All I, right. Hey, let me knock this break out. We'll come back and talk up some more. Y'all hang with me. I'll be right back to you. All right, folks. I need to take a minute to tell you about the 34th annual CCA Texas Star Tournament. It's all brought to you by your Texas Ford dealers, Tilson Homes, and Academy Sports and Outdoors. This runs all summer long from Memorial Day to Labor Day. And if you sign up today, you can take advantage of over a million dollars in prizes and scholarships for inshore and offshore divisions. 
120 tagged redfish swimming around in the inshore Texas waters with other species to fish for like gaff top, drum, and sheephead. Offshore fish for great prizes when you catch red snapper, ling, dolphin, and kingfish. Go to startournament.org for rules, entry, and prize information. And the Star Tournament is brought to you by great sponsors like Mercury Marine, Shiner Bach, Hoff Power Polaris, Texas Fish and Game Magazine, ABC 13, Cryptek, and Coastline Trailers, just to name a few. Go to startournament.org or you can call 713-626-4222 and get signed up today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Well, I live in Kentucky back in 49. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning. It's 435. All right, let's go back and talk some more with these guys from Freeport that are uh, lighting it up this morning on Amberjacking. Let's do it. All right, guys, we're back. Amber Jacking. Amber Jacking. Amber Jacking. And, you know, it's just it's an easy topic right now because uh, it's, the struggle is real sometimes. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's struggle is real. <laughs> you know, hey, the other thing, too, you know, it's, it's it's all these things, they change year to year. I mean, you know, fishing, it's, uh, you know, sometimes it's, you get your little program going real good for a couple of years, and then the third year it just goes to hell, and you just kind of divert back and try to figure it all out again, you know, sometimes. And uh, I think that's kind of where we're at. But, you know, one of the things that's really surprising to me is, you know, we've done really good on grouper fishing. I mean, you know, mind you, if, if a customer came to me and said, man, I want you to go out and catch some grouper right now, you know, I feel like, my confidence level would be real high previous years, you know, right now, man, not so much. We haven't caught very many in the, you know, kind of bycatching throughout the year. I wouldn't even know where to start. You know, I, I, I think I started probably those, you know, again, past where you can go on a 12 hour trip. Right. 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 So the big question here then, if that's, if that's the case, is it because we have more fishing pressure that we're starting to, basically fish out a lot of areas. I think that, uh, let's just talk about, I think all the different species uh, that we that we go after, when you, when you find a good pot of them on a spot and you hit them and you catch them, I think it's not like a snapper where they replenish like, yeah. you know, quickly. I think the grouper, once you catch them off there, it's going to be a long time before that pot of those groupers is back on there because I guess they grow slower, 
they don't move around as much. I think there's a lot of different factors, but it just seems to me when you catch a bunch of grouper on the place, it's going to be a long time before it gets good again. And just you catch them all. Yeah, we've seen um, that with inshore fishing. You know, a lot of guys, oh, you can't overfish a fishery with rod and reels. Well, that's a bunch of bull malarkey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, you know, we, you we used fish to catch. spot out. I mean, <laughs> you can. You hit it, just hit it hard, and a lot of boats are doing it. You know, I mean, you can clean it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, when, we, when we first started, I first started fishing for these, let's just, the scamp groupers. When we first found the scamps and figured the scamps out and figured out, man, live bait is so much better than dead bait because we would go out to those, just those rigs we were talking about, that triangle of rigs mm-hmm. out there. We out there in the summer in 300 foot of water and just tie up to the rig out pretty close to it and start fishing with down drops. And we could, we'd limit the whole boat out on grouper in a couple of hours. 25, right. 30 of them. And then leave, yeah. Dude, I remember we opened up the box and there was a guy up on the rig and he looked down into our cooler. He goes, did you catch all those here? Like, yeah, we're catching them right here. Dang, I didn't know those were down there. You know, we, we had like 30 scamps in the box, big ones. Wow. And so we're, we're murdering them, you know? Yeah. And now you can go out to those rigs, now the same exact rigs, you, you'd be lucky to catch one. Yeah. So, maybe. What, what is the lifespan? I mean, what is the... I don't know. You know, I, mean, I we mean, always talk about snapper being quick growers. You say a snapper can grow what ten pounds in one year or so, or, or really they can, huh? I, I didn't know I that. Ten pound snapper is probably three years old, four years old. Yeah, and then they progressively the the growth slows down from there. Yeah, you know, uh, right. Uh, that that's just what from what I from what I can tell. You know, keeper snapper is about a year old. Well, hey, you know, well, there, fifteen inches about a year. old. I'm saying that, you know, some of the bigger scamps that I've caught, I've caught a bunch of scamps that had like uh, the, those mites in their meat. Like, I mean, hundreds of them. I hate that. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you got to imagine the fish that's got a bunch of mites in there like that. It's got to be pretty old or, or sitting in a one spot for a long time anyways. Mites in their meat. Is that like what we call a worm on our inshore fish or what? No, it's a, it's a, it's like a hard dark colored thing that gets into their meat yeah. and getting huh. lean. We, Thing too, it's almost like a cyst-looking thing, but it's it's got to be a cocoon and something's living in it and it comes out of it at some point because it's like a like almost like an egg inside their meat. Oh, that ought to just fry up real nice. Oh yeah, snap, crackle, and pop, baby. But yeah, you know, <laughs> there's so many of them you can't even eat them. You just, it's just picking them out. You're like, I'm not gonna cook this thing. You yeah. throw it away. It's actually amazing. I, I brought one up. We went fishing uh, last winter, this last winter, and we caught one. And there were so many in up. And I, it's hard for me to believe that he still had meat inside of there that was oh. good. You know, oh. it was just stacked. Right. You know, another fish that gets them a lot is mahi. I catch some big mahis with those things in them, yeah. too. Yeah. And those, uh, the amberjacks around some of those rigs, some of those deeper rigs, they'll get the worms like you get the inshore, like in speckled trout and stuff, the white worms. And yeah. that they act their tails. They'll be in their tails. The tail thin. into the meat. I yeah. mean, you can't even, it just, again, it's surprising that they have any meat that's usable. We cleaned those amberjack the other day from Tuesday, and there was one that had a bunch in the tail section. Yeah, everything else was good. You know what I did do with the fish this time is I bled those amberjacks. You can ask Alton because he came down at the lake. He says, this is the best looking amberjack make I think I've ever seen. We bled every freaking one of them and put it in that slushy water. That's the most pretty amberjack meat. How do that you I've bleed ever. them? Where do you cut them at? You cut them right behind their 
pectoral fan, kind of like you would a tuner or something. Right. But I okay. do it on the sides, and I'll cut down there, and I'll make it cut down to almost to where the, the gut cavity is. But I'll, I don't mm -hmm. cut the at all. I just make kind of a longer incision on both sides. Right. And then and then I just put them into the put them in the ice with a little bit of water, and they they bleed out, and it it, it makes. I'd say it's a 30% improvement of how much blood is in the meat when you actually fillet the fish. And then you can just cut the red lines out and you got a big old chunk of beautiful looking meat. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, the big ones, I, I, you know, almost all, they're for a long time, man, for, for, for probably two or three years. Mm -hmm. Anytime I would go to the intersections, for sure. I mean, every one of them would be, some of them wouldn't have as bad, some of them be stacked full i mean almost to the point you almost have to throw it away if it's a small one and that man they'd be just swarmed in those in those uh worms you know and and those look more like you're like spaghetti like yeah fish yeah. Trout yeah. Worm. yeah bigger worms but they look like the same you know they're thicker but they look like the same worm yeah yeah some kind of paras parasites and i'm not real mm -hmm. up to yeah. snuff on parasites <laughs> You know, and that, and that stuff out there in the deep water too. Some of those parasites, stuff like that, you kind of got to be careful with. You know, you got the some uh, the 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 stuff you get off the flower garden and stuff like that. So I mean, yeah, the singletary, yeah, you, it does yeah, make you a little bit. or whatever they call it. Yeah, that's real common. They're real common in barracuda, huh? Yeah. Yes, very common in barracuda. But I mean, a lot of those things get that stuff out there too. I mean, kingfish, uh, uh, they say get it. Amberjacks get it. Big groupers get it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anything that, that consumes a lot of, you know, reef reef type fish species around those reefs is where you're likely to catch it from. Yeah. That's why, like, you, in the behind. If you do catch, catch a fish like that, that I mean, you got to cook it properly to get rid of the, uh, that's why they deter you from kind of eating raw fish, right? I, 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 um, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming that cooking, you can cook it out of them. I honestly don't know if you can or not on the Sigleterra. I, I just know that like when we over in the, in the, like off of Florida, off the Bahamas, if you catch an amberjack, they don't even keep them. I mean, I remember when we caught some, they turned them loose. There was such a high probability of catching it from them. Really? Sigleterra, let them go. We didn't keep any amberjack over there. We caught some, wow. some big ones. Let it, let it go. them back. Toss them back. Wow. You know, and really, in reality, I mean, if I was going to go amberjack fishing today on tournament tournament fishing, and I had to catch me a hundred plus pounder, I'd be right at the flower garden somewhere. I'd yeah. be sitting, I'd be parked somewhere, either at the rig or off off the flower garden a little bit or something like that. Man, there is some giants out there. Yeah, oh, giant cow! I mean, I remember a couple of years back we were wahoo fishing and we caught it. We stuck a, and there was a bunch of kingfish out there. We stuck one, and I guarantee that kingfish was forty pounds. And we had a freaking amberjack got too close to the rock. That amberjack came and ate that sucker head and all. Just, I mean, whoop. Wow. Walked right away with it. <laughs> yeah. I said, I won't be swimming down here ever again. Tough man. world That's, out there, man. Yeah, buddy. I've had him hit a kingfish and like the small kingfish and try to fold that freaking kingfish and have to get it in his mouth. That freaking amberjack kind of eat that kingfish. Eat it, really? Oh, yeah. It's crazy, man. Man. We, you know, I want to say early season, probably five or six years ago, they were sitting on Tonys like that. Now I'm talking giants, man, and they would eat every kingfish. Because if it, they either they eat eat the kingfish or the daggone porpoises come up there and eat the kingfish. Couldn't keep any of them. They they'd be smoking them left and right. I had a, a friend of mine. Uh, we caught a we caught an amberjack that was right at a hundred pounds at Tonys one time. Freaking hundred pounder out there. We wow, ninety six yes. or something. It was a giant on freaking Tonys. Wow. Like in May or June, I don't remember. Yeah.
that's that magic rock. And you just never know. Never you know. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, speaking of big, big fish, you know, Sharky texted me the other day. He said, man, I got, I got a, he asked me if, if, if uh, Amberjack was CCA species. I said, no, man, it's no, not. No, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not. But uh, he said, man, I got a giant. I was thinking, wow, that's good, good. You know, I don't. And I think it ended up being 71 pounds. That's a giant. Yeah, that's don't good get one. it wrong. That's huge. But I don't think people realize what a 100-pound amberjack looks like. You can't bear hug that sucker. I mean, no. you bear hug him, you can't bear <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a giant fish. And, uh, you know, they're made to eat anything and everything. They got a giant mouth. They're like a big grouper with faster. <laughs> and that's another thing, like, we were talking about where are the amberjack. Well, you get a bunch of amberjack on a spot. That's a lot of food that's got to be around there. They're going to clean that place up and move on to another one. So, yeah. you know, they're probably wearing the rocks out, eating up. They love to eat bee liners. Yeah. So you find a place that's got a bunch of bee liners on it, chances are there's some amberjack around there or something like close. Yeah. You, know, you can catch amberjack. I've, I've learned this a lot, especially like in the Salvador Ridge area. You can catch a lot of amberjack on just a little bitty snapper rock. You may not catch a bunch of them, but there might be two or three big ones there. So it's always good to put a line down about halfway down to see because yeah. there might be a couple of them cruising around those rocks. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And that's a lot of food, though. And you know, that's that's just food for thought too. Like what he just alluded to, you know, uh, amberjack tend to be the higher higher schooling fish, you know, in in the big school down on a rock or something like that. So if you mm. tend to fish high as you can possibly get away with, you know, you're gonna stay, you're gonna be more in the amberjack targeting than you know some of the other stuff. You get down a little too far. What I found, too, is, you know, even with the sharks, as bad as they are right now, I was telling Casey, too, the other day when we went out, I finally found the amberjack. As soon as I found them, the freaking sharks were eating them. But the, the, uh, <laughs> what, what I'm finding is a lot of those sharks, they'll sit right down at the bottom. And sometimes if you, can, if you can catch several right up real high, you won't get the attention. You won't get their attention right away. You know, they will eventually find you, but, you know, you can sneak a few out of them before, before they find you. If you go to drop straight down the bottom and you stick a snap or somebody, he's going to eat you. And then the next thing you know, they're like, they got you on radar. I mean, they ain't going to oh, leave yeah. And, uh, man, there's some big ones out there still. Everybody keeps saying, too, uh, you know, well, shrimp boat season's coming around. And they're going to start running to shrimp boats. Yeah, right. Man, I think there's too many. I there's, think they're uh, well overpopulated now. You, yeah. uh we had two or three hundred of them behind one shrimp boat the other day, all freaking. Man, have you oh. seen some of the shark videos this year? Because everybody's got cell cameras now and videos. And yeah. man, I saw one the other day of a giant hammerhead. I mean, it, you could tell, you know, that big old spike fin on its back and then the tail sticking out, and it was swimming through all these swimmers in Florida. And everybody's, it looked like a Jaws movie <laughs> when, <laughs> when, uh, Chief Brody told everybody to get out of the water. It's stampede for the shoreline. It was just crazy. And that fish is swimming all through those swimmers. It went right by this little boy about eight years old. I couldn't believe he didn't get bit. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we get them like that. Megan and I used to surf uh, over here in Surfside. And, we, and, you know, it wasn't that uncommon to have a, a hammerhead up in there real close like that. And they would, they'd run the waves and everybody bail out for a little while and go back. But, uh, you know, um, Cowboy actually put a video up the other day of a Mako. And I, I want to say he was at the middle bank. So he was within nine miles. I think. Recently real, green, real green water. Real green water when it came up. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, 
I mean, you know, they're oh, out in the back. Wow. Yep. Yep. Didn't you, you were telling me the other day that there was a, isn't there a big Mako that's sitting on the beachfront down in Port A somewhere or something like that? Or Yeah, we wasn't too far off. It was, it was one that was, uh, you know, transmitted, but, uh, yeah. that's just one. There's no telling how many more that aren't, it, you know, you're not tracking and seeing on the sure. search. Yeah. I don't uh, think I've an 800 pound shark. I mean, uh, you know, Monty's got the story of when he ran that one down and he said, man, that 800 pound fish, he said, it danced just like a little 50 pound fish. Caught it all day. All day. And then they lost it. <laughs> all day they caught that thing. I asked yeah, there's a short fin Mako, the one called Bob Hayes, I guess, because he's real fast. <laughs> he's straight out from <laughs> Corpus right now. Looks like about 30 miles. And then the other one, that one that was up by Port A, it's down there by Brownsville now. It's a short fin Mako called Lorene. Lorene. Yeah. Wow. There's a short fin Mako out deeper from that one. It's called a Chancellor Shark. It's a short fin Mako. It's a little male, six and a half feet long. So they're, yeah. uh, you know, they're well, real that... prevalent off of, out of Venice, too. You see a lot of big ones out of Venice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking speaking of odd and weird fish, you know, uh, that, of course that video came up the other day. That uh, what is the uh, whale? That what is what's Rice's whale? Rice's whale. Rice's yeah, whale. I, I saw that. <clears throat> and so they took that video, and I I probably shouldn't the same thing on the road. Well, don't tell DC about it. They'll be shutting our speed limit down to nine uh, knots. You know. I, you know. That's kind of the direction we're going, I guess, man. But I've seen multiple videos. So much of- regulation. It's just, it's sickening. Yeah. Oh, here's yeah. one straight out from Matagorda Bay. Fastball. It's a short fin Mako. It's an eight foot, two inch Mako shark. That's straight out from Matagorda. <laughs> what do you think an eight foot, two Mako weighs? That's got to be five. That one, they pounds. say 215 pounds. A couple hundred. 15, really. We brought one that'll, in to that'll take a leg off. <laughs> so he, uh, Casey said they brought in an eleven footer on on the Captain Casey, and, and it was uh, uh, it was like eleven foot. It was like right at 11, 10 and a half, eleven foot. It was right at four hundred and something pounds, five hundred pounds. Yeah, that's about eight foot or two hundred. Yeah, I didn't Man, have that's a footer. fast fish, fast eating machine right there. Oh yeah, you ain't kidding. I tell you what, you get tangled up with a four or five hundred pounder and she's all lit up. I hope you got a lot under your reel because, man, that sucker's, I mean, it is amazing what they can do. We, uh, speaking of talking about grouper fishing, several years ago we were out grouper fishing and all the Mako, most of the time, Makos are seem to be a lot more prevalent out here whenever it's, uh, in the, in the winters, winter months. Yeah. They like, they tend to like cool, a little bit cooler water. And so that's mm-hmm. when I've always used to the Makos was in the winter. We were out there grouping fishing in like February, and I had a big one come up two days. We hooked two of them in the same day. We lost both of them. We weren't really fishing for them. They were eating our grouper. One of them came up and ate the grouper right next to the boat of the river. About nine or ten big one. Ate the freaking grouper right there. Wow. And then later that day, we ended up hooking another one, a smaller one. Um, got off too. We've had them chase, you know, bees dropping out there. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll chase the, uh, the the fish on the, on the rigs coming up and stuff like that. And uh, normally smaller ones, though. I ain't really seen these big, big ones. But you know what they say? One of the favorite foods in the making is just a swordfish. They love these swordfish. Yes, sir. They but, you know, I don't see fish. any bites on the swordfish. Just, 
they're supposedly low deep source food. Really? Mm -hmm. A lot of cookie cutter, you know, they're pretty much on every 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 one. There's at least one or two little cookie cutter bites out of out of the swordfish, but very rarely I see. I think if a mako decides to eat a swordfish, you're not going to see bite marks on the swordfish. You're just no, not. No, I think see he's some. pretty much done. <laughs> gonna be a done deal yeah he's gonna finish them off now with that with that being said though i have caught more mako's sword fishing than i have just on a regular you know they like supposedly like to eat swordfish you know we did when i was a little kid and we we did i've caught uh, several or a couple at least at nighttime when i was sword fishing and never hear a jump never hear anything all of a sudden you just got a lot of dead weight and i either they get tail wrapped, kill themselves or something like that. But I, we brought them up several times. I mean, where they, you know, just completely dead. Uh, you know, why? It just blows my mind. Their meat is even similar to swordfish when you eat it. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Real, yeah. real fat. Really, yeah. Well, mm. I mean, you know what? We're going to go, we're going to go do some more amberjack. Uh, never mind. We're not doing any amberjack fishing today, I don't think. We're going we're gonna to go get the shrimp boats, man. It, uh, the shrimp boats are back down south again a little bit. Uh, the reports are not good. They're not good. You know, the, the shrimp boats, they, uh, they started out, you know, July 15th. They were offshore, perfect spots. We were catching a lot of black men. And then all of a sudden, they started catching all the brown shrimp closer to shore and further down south, like way down at Matagorda and Port uh -huh. Angeles. And they disappeared. So they just came back about, I don't know, they've probably been there for four or five days now. But... Any day they're going to turn on, you know they are, man. And just, uh, you know, today will be the day. It could be the day. It could know? be the day. They could find those boats and stay with them, man. Yeah, the reports haven't been good late at the last couple of days. I had a buddy of mine went out there. He hit five of them yesterday and then catch a single black fin. He caught one bonita. And, uh, man, That's I crazy. thought I had. That's a lot of gas and a lot of burning for nothing, you know. Yeah, you Anyways, we're gonna go down south and try that a little bit today. There had the, the boats I've been I've been going east towards like the twenty nines and, and towards the intersection rig and stuff like that. And I haven't found the boats that I found out there are normally are a little shallower there in like one forty, one fifty. Yeah. I stopped on one day, didn't have a whole lot on it, so I'm not really feeling that it's gonna be getting good over there for a little while. I mean, eventually they're gonna start working their way back up east a little bit right i mean mm -hmm. you know, yeah they should it's uh by mid-august you'd think they'd be all up this way freeport and galveston yeah yeah we'll see all you can do is fish it man you just there's no magic pill it's all trial and error man that's it yes sir exactly water right, gentlemen well hey yeah. if somebody wants to get with you guys and do some blue water fishing what's the way best way to get a hold of you fellas yeah, give me a call anytime at 979-417-1013 or go to our website at stsladventure.com. We got a book in uh, calendar on there and you can pick your day and put your deposit down and go fishing. There you go. Anybody fishing questions they want to ask me, I'm more than likely to help them. Uh, my number is 979-373-1398. All right, Casey. You and Jeff have a good one. Y'all be safe out there and, uh, Man, calm seas. Yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> if, if that's even possible these days. All right, boys. Y'all have a good one. Be safe. Do the same, brother. Thank All you. Right. All right. All right.
It's time for our top of the hour break already. Man, that was a fast first hour. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 